Hey, are you up? Yeah, I know it's late as fuck, but I got some juicy shit to tell you. Think you can stay up and listen for a bit? Hello! It's been a while since I've recorded an episode. Um, a very, very long time, actually. And... I decided to sit down today and try and get back into things Uh, because we're today when I'm recording this it's December 1st and we are in our last month of 2021 and I'm basically as I always as I normally do every single year I go through this incredibly introspective process where I'm like reanalyzing what happened this year what things that I work on, what things that I not work on, um, kind of like the entirety of it. And this year has definitely been a very, it's been a long one. It's been both a short and a long one to me. I think it went by incredibly fast, but as long as far as, um, the things that have happened to me or the things that I've had to think about this year felt incredibly agonizing. (laughs) Uh, which is fine. It's part of the healing process. I understand that. Um, but yeah, I wanted to kind of get back into the flow of things and start recording. I'm hoping it's a resolution to record more frequently because there are a lot of things that I want to talk about. And I don't know, I I feel like, um, when I get to sit down and just you basically talk to myself and go through these things, um, all of these topics and share it in, in hopes that somebody out there is going to either retain something or relate. Um, that's that's why I started this. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's basically a little update of things. I'm kind of reworking 10.45 p.m. to be how I actually want it to be, um, everything's, like, more organic, but also a little bit, like, more structured in what I'm talking about, and a lot of, a lot more personal experience, uh, me speaking on personal experience, and sharing, sharing that good stuff, um, Yeah, so I've already made two episodes, which I will probably delete or archive by the time I upload this one. So if they're gone, don't be alarmed. I archive them. (laughs) Um, But I've already talked, a big topic that I uh, tend to speak on on 10.45 p.m. is sex. Good, good, good sex. (laughs) And... The reason behind that is because I feel a lot of us growing up are very misinformed about sex and get into these situations where we don't know how to go about sex or, or like, we don't know how to go about sex and so it's like these ex- we put these extreme expectations on ourselves and then we end up in situations where we just, it's negative. We, like, there's no pleasure we haven't communicated our boundaries it's just you know this mindless act which it shouldn't be I don't don't think it should be (laughs) and um yeah so 
Today I kind of wanted to reiterate from my first episode a bunch of things. Um, Share more of my personal experiences towards sexual or like my sexual journey and how I'm fixing that because I've thought about it. I've done a lot of thinking as far as like my sensuality goes and I've been quite broken for a for a while now um in that aspect of life I'm and I'm I'm trying to like rebuild that because you know as somebody who technically like socially is deemed a sex was a sex addict and then like stopped um I think the process of it and like understanding why I put myself in these predicaments or um you know my mindset when it came to what I thought of sex it's it's all very important and stuff that I want to talk about so oh my computer just turned off give me a second but yeah okay so we're, we're gonna get into that Today I'm going to be talking about things like sex ed, peer pressure, um, the way we view sex, so like a lot of the constructs that are built around sex or, um, yeah, and like how they can be negative, how very skewed our view on sex is because of the media that we take in, and I'm also going to talk about self-exploration, boundaries, First times, um, a little bit about kinks, that's more just so boundaries, um, and your community. So, like, creating safe spaces with people that you can talk about your experiences, um, and all that good stuff. Yeah. So, we're gonna start with sex education. Um, this is a call out. <laughs> no. Uh, what do I want to say about this? Okay. Sex ed, I'm pretty sure everybody who has gone to school has had some kind of sex ed class or, like, the sex talk, um, where they come in and they're like, here's how to put a condom on, and they give you, like, a wooden penis (laughs) or a banana, and... Or they talk about, um, they cover topics like STIs, STDs, um, pregnancy, how to prevent, very, like, very much, like, how to prevent these things, um, which is, like, incredibly important, you know, if you're having sex, it's important to understand, you know, how to have safe sex and all that, but a very huge flaw I feel in sex ed is that they're only teaching like, their 100% rule is, or their rule is that 100% of the time, like, that you won't have any problems that sex might um, cause or whatever is abstinence. So, it's basically telling you this normal, natural activity, in order for you not to, like, have these things happen to you, you need to not have it. And I feel like that has an incredibly that's a very skewed way of sex (laughs) and like 
what it should actually be seen as because it's not something it creates it instills fear in people and i feel puts people in a more harmful like in more harmful positions than safe ones because you're thinking of it as this this act where it's like oh i have to like make sure that i'm i'm doing this and i'm doing this properly and i'm doing that and it takes away from being in the moment and all that so it's like very important to instill um you know they need to take you need to have protection you need to communicate and all those things but the way that it's being said is also very important (laughs) um and we need to like change our language around the way that we talk about sex because when you teach it as something you know that you can't engage in or you shouldn't engage in if you don't want these things to happen to you um people will like it, it doesn't mean that like we won't stop having sex it just means that we will be doing it like more unhinged and um unsafely and yeah i feel like sex ed doesn't really teach much about boundaries um it's it's like the kind of basics of like consent is like you know you have your yes and no but as far as like enthusiastic consent and like um knowing that you have a say throughout every single point that you decide to engage in sex with someone. Um, I feel like those things aren't talked about as much, which you do <laughs> at any point, like during when you're having sex with somebody or you're hooking up, you have a right to stop it. Like, I feel in sex ed, I actually don't remember, but I feel like it's not, it's more of like a oh yeah you said yeah so you have to go through with it but you know an unsure yeah is not is not a yeah like it's like it's your duty to kind of read somebody's body language and to have somebody's body or have somebody read your body language um because it's like a lot of the times i've been in these situations i've been like okay i guess we can have sex and that's not a yes <laughs> and so i want to teach enthusiastic consent where you know you reassure your partner that this is what i want to be doing and you ask your partner like multiple times and you know are you okay um is this okay what are we doing like is it fine should we change anything how do you like this that kind of things or those kind of things um kind of like you know temperature checks checking in there's nothing wrong with checking in on your partner whenever you're engaging in sex because that just keeps it that keeps it light and that keeps it not so in your head um i feel like when we just stay silent we that's how we run into more problems because it's like we're internalizing all of it and you know if we don't like something we think that it's okay to just like sit there or lay there and be like yeah it's almost gonna be done so I'm just gonna take it now when no matter how long like you you your sexual um 
what I want to say. Like the like, no matter the duration of how long you're gonna have sex, um, like whether it's a quickie or whether it's like hours long, you should check in, check in on the person, um, and if they don't check in on you, should not be having sex with them, or you know, communicate it. Be like, hey, I noticed that you're not really asking me. Um, and I really like for you to communicate um, for the both of us because this is how you connect. Um, I also feel like sex ed, which is not really their job, but also I feel like it's really harmful for when you're like growing up and you are basically this like horny, <laughs> this horny kid and you're just like trying to figure out how your body works, trying to figure out what feels good, you're trying to figure out, you know, when's the right time to have sex, and, like, this is what society tells me, and all these things, or, like, my parents never told me these things, and, you know, other classmates or my friends are telling me that I should do this and that, and, and it, like, makes it really hard when you don't have, like, a set, um, kind of view on like where you should go or like a guide to help you along the way uh and you kind of have to just learn that on your own it's nice to have that like something to look at or like follow in order for you to figure out how to make your own decisions hold on it just got kind of hot in here i turned the ac on um but yeah so like of course sex ed isn't gonna they're not gonna teach you at a very young age, like, about, I don't know, BDSM and shit, but I think kinks are very important to speak lightly on, or just the basics of, and, like, how to safely engage in those things, because, um, yeah, just, like, just, like, how broad sex can be, I think that's an important conversation to be had as well because the society i see a lot of discourse where it's about or like women who like quote-unquote vanilla sex um or like less you know rough sex um they get shamed they'll get shamed about it and like you know if you don't want to get slapped in the face then you're suddenly like (laughs) you're a baby And that should never be the case. The same way with um, people who do like to be degraded or um, have some of those harder kinks, we should never shame them as well. While there's still a lot of kink discourse to be had, I, I just think it's important that we're creating safe environments because when we don't, um, when we don't have these conversations and when we don't have safe spaces for people to exist, they, based on personal experience, you f- you try and find communities no matter what. And it doesn't matter if that community is, you know, doing things safely. You're just, you're finding them because nobody else is going to help you out. Nobody else is going to tell you. Like, when you're trying to have these conversations, it's so shameful. And it's like so much judgment coming from everybody that you don't even know. You can't even share it. Because people look at you like, you like that? Ugh, that's so disgusting. Like, you're so fucking weird. And then you end up in situations where somebody takes advantage of you. And it's not the greatest. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, just had a moment there. Um, But yeah. And so kind of just like the general, like, 
that leads into like shame like we need to create environments where we can talk about these things and in a very mature way if there are like certain there are certain kinks out there that still need to be talked about in terms of like you know the ethicality of it and all that um but i think that the way that we come at people about it is very important and semantics and all that and the language that we're using like if you just sit down and somebody comes to you and is like oh i want to like explore this or i want to know how to do this or like where to go for these kinds of things and you're just like what the fuck is wrong with you like you're into that like oh my god that's like like you know what i mean i think that i think that's really fucked up um the number one thing that i've learned from like as a little kid uh, this applies to everything in life and can very well apply to um kinks and all that and people who are more kinky than others is don't yuck someone's yum (laughs) like if even if you don't jive with it like okay it's not you engaging in it so move the fuck along (laughs) um yeah i just shut your mouth (laughs) and you know if you're in a partnership and your partner doesn't agree with what you like then that's another conversation that needs to be had the best thing that you can do in these situations is communicate communicate communicating you know it's how you connect. It's how you it's how you take the first steps into connecting. And when you when you stay silent, there's no way of gauging like what you like, what your partner likes, and how to meet each other. Um Yeah. <laughs> uh I also think sex ed doesn't teach much about self love or um yeah, like, kind of that whole self-exploration deal. Oh, sorry. Um, and I think that I think that's a very, very huge part. It, I don't even think. It is a very huge part in sex is knowing yourself and knowing what you like before you get in, before you put yourself in situations um, and before you engage in, like, sex with anybody. Um, I think sitting down and actually, you know, learning your body parts, feeling up yourself, looking at yourself in the mirror, all that, all that kind of like juicy shit, (laughs) just like taking care of yourself. I think that's, it's very underrated. It's just, it's just, um, it's just not talked about a lot. And yeah. I'll go into that a little later, but um, I think self-love is a very big deal when, before you engage in anything sexual um, with somebody else, because when you can understand your worth and understand um, what you deserve out of people, and it also helps you become a better partner because when if your partner asks you to communicate you already know how to um yeah where i'm sorry i'm looking at my notes i'm trying to figure out how to segue this um 
I'm gonna go into peer pressure now. Peer pressure. Oh no, not peer pressure. I had a lot of peer pressure growing up. <laughs> we'll just say that. And we'll start with that. Um, I've had a lot of people try and push things onto me, try and like mold me into something that they thought was good enough for them. And one of the biggest ones, like one of the biggest places that I've been peer pressured is sex. Um, I lost my virginity at a time that I wasn't really ready. Uh, that's a whole conversation in itself. Um, I'm going to say that I lost it twice because based on how, at the, at the time, how I saw sex, which was very heteronormative and very skewed, um, I technically lost it twice because, or like based like on what society tells you or told us, um, I lost it twice because I had sex with a girl and I also had sex with a boy and now I just now I think of it as like oh I lost my virginity to a girl (laughs) um but at the time you can tell how very like I'm like a fucking kid who's like trying to figure out I was 14 years old when I lost my virginity and I'm just trying to figure out how to to go about this and um like what even is sex (laughs) and all those kinds of things but my peer pressure or like when I started feeling more peer pressured was whenever I started watching porn um because a lot of my boy space friends a lot of my friends were boys um were watching porn and because that's like male culture is you know jacking off watching porn um and kind of like this very toxic community of boys who are like basically you know they're watching these these big breasted um big butt women um who are doing these acts who are that are very fabricated and isn't all how sex should be because porn is just entertainment it's media and it's not it's not real um or as if even if it is um real it's only like a small portion of what actually happens and so i heard a lot of a lot i heard a lot growing up like boys always being like oh my god do you do you know this porn star do you know that porn star oh she does it so well she does this so well and in my head it like it translated as like oh so i have to learn how to do that too um because at the time i was very i was straight or i identified as straight um because i wasn't yet you know i didn't come to terms with or i I, no i didn't come to terms with being queer yet um and so like all throughout middle school i was just like oh like yeah like this is how it should be and like i started exploring myself and all those kinds of things and it like it felt good on my own, but whenever I thought about engaging in it with somebody else, it was like, oh my god, this seems so fucking scary, because you have all these expectations, um, and you're literally, you're a, you're a teenager, like, you're just growing up, and you're trying to, you're trying to understand how to behave, and, um, 
when people are telling you like you need to there are expectations to sex which there isn't it's very hard for you to feel comfortable engaging in these things um and i'll talk more about my how i lost my virginity with a woman um later but we're speaking strictly heterosexual encounters um because that's like most of my encounters um up until this point but basically it just started this whole um trend for me where i thought people or like it wasn't that i thought it was like they were literally telling me that like you're only good for your body and people are only seeing me for my body and so i gave into that because i wanted attention i wanted to feel loved i wanted to you know that was the only way i felt i could connect with boys is by handing my body over and that's all i thought i was good for because that was how they treated me um like, whenever they wanted to hang out or, like, you know, <laughs> back on, I don't use, I barely use Snapchat anymore, but when, like, we first started getting into Snapchat, it was boys hitting you up and being, like, at, like, 11 p.m. at night and asking that you to send them nudes and then you get fucking dick pics and in return and it's, like, those things never really, like, growing up, those things never turned me on because it was, like, it was so unsolicited and it was just like it felt like I was being forced to take that that in and so now it's like as I'm reworking it uh, I'm like reworking through this um and like relearning what makes me feel good and all that I look back at it and I'm just like this is not (laughs) this is nothing like how I how I pictured sex or how I want things to go for me I don't want to I don't want our relationship to just be you know uh nudes and um like small sex talk and you leaving me once you've gotten your orgasm or whatever the case may be because that's literally that's how it always went and that's how it is for a lot of us um especially women because once like we're seen as objects and we're seeing once we're once they've had sex with us we're suddenly seen as lesser than and like we have no worth um and that's why like it's always a fucking red flag whenever a boy comes up to you and or they're talking to their homies and they're like uh (laughs) they're like oh my god i don't want to touch her she's so cute or she's so perfect she's so like pure i don't want to have sex with her um just know that's really fucking weird (laughs) because uh if they can't see you as anything if they can't see that means that they can't see you as a human um sex is about connecting and about joining each other and um having this incredibly intimate moment and when they can't see you in that because they think of sex as such a like demeaning act it's when you need to walk the fuck away like weird shit you need to leave um yeah i've gotten out of so many of those situations i've been in those situations and now that i'm celibate (laughs) and looking back at those situations i'm like what the fuck why did i ever allow this to happen to me um but yeah we're going to 
talk a little bit oh my god we're already at 27 minutes and i have like four more topics okay we're gonna rush this um sex and like our views towards it are very heteronormative or for like most of us i feel um and after my it wasn't until after i had i wouldn't i would say that like it started changing once i like in my later years of high school and probably not until college was when I started really seeing um like feeling a certain way or like embracing my sexuality truly because like with other women because the first time I ever lost or when I lost my virginity and the first time I ever had sex was with a woman and it was very confusing for me because I don't I wasn't entirely you know, we're transparent here. I wasn't entirely sober. So, like, neither of us were. <laughs> and so it was a very, like, it was an intimate moment, but it was very, like, fast. And it, and then after, it was, like, kind of confusing because I wasn't out yet. And I was just trying to figure out, like, who I was um, and how I identified. And she was actually the first person I ever um informally came out too i know i don't think i ever came out formally um i kind of just i don't even like identify really if i were to identify i would say either bisexual or pansexual but i don't really identify as anything i'm kind of just i love who i love um but yeah at the time because in my head heteronormal or heterosexual people (laughs) were like that was how I saw sex um even like porn whenever it was I watched like lesbian porn I felt like it was very um it wasn't really the same as straight sex it was very like fabricated like even more because lesbians are fetish fetishized and it just like created this environment where I felt like almost ashamed to identify as somebody who liked girls and so when I actually had sex with a girl, I was, I had like this kind of guilt after where I didn't know, like, I felt maybe, um, I wouldn't say less than, but it was kind of just like, oh, it was like this really big realization that like, is that, am I like, am I gay? <laughs> um, do I, I'm just, I was having those like normal 14 year old, very confused thoughts where, um now I'm out of like I'm not normal because this is not straight sex or like you know what I mean it's it's um it's almost like borderline internalized homophobia because you know when I never saw that I never really was around queer people growing up um or like I was taught like a certain way and so when it came for me to actually engage in queer sex, I was like, huh, <laughs> this is, like, extremely different than anything that I've ever known or, like, been taught, and I thought I was different, and I thought I was, like, considered, I was going to be considered weird, and I think, like, that's why a lot of people who, like, everybody's like, why do you cry? Why do people cry when they come out? And I, And it's, like, very emotional, because this world doesn't, like, the, a lot of people in this world don't accept you. And so, especially if you stray from what the norms are. 
And so it's an incredibly emotional thing to be in your truth. Um, and that's why when it comes to queer sex, like going back to sex ed, it's very important to include queer sex because not everybody likes dick <laughs> or like not everybody likes boys. Um, and I think I, that, that seriously needs to be talked about because there's like you grow up with this like incredible shame where you don't know how to identify because nobody's ever told you that it was okay to identify as, as something. Um, yeah. Uh, 32 minutes. Okay. I don't want to make this episode too long. But it might be. <laughs> um, this is kind of leading into self-exploration. And after all these... after After I've had so many hooked up with so many people um via tinder bumble hinge kink apps every fucking goddamn app <laughs> hookup app there is out there i probably use um yeah that's how like which there's like nothing wrong with dating apps and all that i just think that there is an extreme there is an the <laughs> I can't, I can't speak. Um, these apps can be very toxic at times. I think it has turned into something that can also be very dangerous because of the, you don't know these people. Um, and so when you're just like meeting them, you don't, you see them, you see them for their, for your pictures or for their pictures and they see you for your pictures. And so it's very, um, physical and surface level. Uh, and yeah, that's how, I mean, what did I expect that that's how every single one of my relationships went, um, and why I could never keep a stable, it was just fling after fling after fling, it was never a stable relationship, because hookup culture is, that's, it's very toxic, it's very just like, you know, hit and quit it, um, but... I went celibate last year in September after, if people have watched or listened to the first episode that I put out, um, I talked about Submarine Boy, uh, he's just in the Navy. <laughs> he lives in a submarine. Don't trust those fuckers that live in submarines because, honestly, don't trust anybody in the military. <laughs> Because they either just want to fuck or they want to get married at, like, 12. <laughs> or they're just really... I don't know. I feel... Every person that I've met that is in the military is just so fucking toxic. And I can't be around it. I also, as um, an indigenous person, the military has fucked over pretty much everything. So, Yeah. I don't jive with those people, but we'll talk about that in a later episode. <laughs> um, yeah, after Submarine Boy, I I remember talking to my friend about this, and <laughs> I, I look back at those, like, conversations. It's literally how it went every single fucking time, because I was always, like, super infatuated. That's, that's what, like, what happens, is, like, I get super infatuated with people, and, um... 
where I'm like, oh my god, yeah, this is the one. <laughs> and this dude, we've been talking for like two hours. <laughs> and this dude was like, you want to go get sushi? And I'm like, oh my god, he's so fucking one. Yeah, he, he obviously wasn't because I've been celibate for over a year now. But uh, you think like, you think people are different. You really do. You give them the benefit of the doubt and then they just fuck you right over. But we went to go get sushi and smoothies. Should have known there was a fucking red flag when he took me to get sushi and then smoothies. Who does that? Who? Um, but we ended up fucking in his car. And I remember going home and I was just like... <laughs> he said, he was like... I, I remember we had this conversation too. He was like, oh, um, I'm going to be in training for a week or something because like i guess like every two weeks of a month uh, in a month they go into the submarine underground or underwater and so i was like okay i'll see you after that <laughs> and then a week passed i was like hello where the fuck did you go bro you've been under water for a while now um and that's when I knew I got ghosted. I was like, oh my god. And I think that was like a breaking point for me. Because I was like, damn, this person who was a little older than me, who I thought was mature enough to, and like they were actually like communicating and all that, all those things. Um, I was like, wow, it really, that really hurt. And I think I just, after that, I kind of spiraled and I went into this like two month long depression where I kind of just slept all day. Uh, because of that, like, it was literally, like, a day interaction, and, 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 yeah, then I went celibate, um, and it's been great, <laughs> celibacy has been great, and I think it also, when you take the time to, okay, let me, let me, let me reword this, celibacy is, like, to, when I tell people that they should go celibate, this isn't, like, a, um, you should never have sex. Like, that's not what this is. A lot of the times we, you're like me, who, where you're just like having these mindless sexual experiences. Um, and when you take the time to kind of separate yourself or like just take a break from doing those things. And sorry if you hear a jet, uh, imperialism is real. You probably can't even hear the jet. Okay, moving on. Um, when you just take the time to be alone and kind of, like, reassess what your boundaries are or even to begin setting them, uh, you, 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 and just, like, overall giving yourself the space to, you know, explore, I think that it, it can be incredibly healthy and can help you heal from any sexual trauma that you might have gone through. Um, and... Sorry, I just burped. Um, it's really helped me a lot because I've written down, you know, what I want out of a partner and what I kind of expect. Not to, like, set my standards high and, like, like to, to a point where it's, like, unattainable, but making respect the biggest one of all, kind of. And just, like, when you go, when I get into my next relationship or whatever, whatever the case may be, just like setting setting these rules and being like, hey, if you don't respect me, then I'm gonna fucking leave. Uh, and you know, actually being able to say no instead of just being like, oh, I guess, or like letting shit slide. 
Um, I'm totally about telling people to fuck off when you need to tell them to fuck off. Um, And also, being celibate has allowed me lots of time to explore myself. Everywhere. (laughs) Um, I have two vibrators at the moment. Um, one is from Dame and Dame Products. I'll probably put it in the description of my Instagram post when I post this episode. Um, and I also have one from Balesa, which I love Balesa. The only thing is I wish they had more diversity because I'll be seeing as white girls. Hello. Um, but yeah, I totally support investing in a toy for yourself a good one um you don't need one to explore but you know if you want if you want to try something new invest in a good toy trust me even if it's like a little like bullet vibrator those motherfuckers change your life um <laughs> and yeah i also got into yoni mapping which is taking i use a crystal wand um, specifically made for yoni mapping or like pleasure and it basically you can use it you can use your finger as well but it's like your vulva and then going inside your vagina or like just like playing with your vulva and then you know figuring out figuring out fingering <laughs> figuring out um, what spots of your body that you like um, you know pressing inside your vagina um, and feeling all around I'll probably go in depth in like a post or something um also yeah just like filling yourself up you know if you're in the shower and you're like washing your you're washing your body and you're like soaping up yourself don't be afraid to like fill yourself up and all that all that good stuff all your erogenous zones um find moments like those like little moments for yourself where you can you can give yourself the attention that you deserve and the love that you would give somebody else um i take a lot of moments where i just sit i sit alone and i whether it be like a bath or um meditation you know lying down checking out putting my headphones in journaling creating art writing whatever the case may be um it doesn't have to be purely sex-based but when you can allow when you allow yourself to have that kind of space to just ride solo when it's time for you to get back into um a partnership and all of that like good stuff when you want to go hook up with somebody um that allows you to be a better partner because you're independent and you're not so reliant on another person for your for validation and all that um yeah that's kind of how you get out of the mindset where like you see sex as purely this thing where like oh my god i want to be wanted and i want to be needed and all that and it's like a it's like a ooh like <laughs> you want me <laughs> you tell me how badly you want me like that kind of shit you know um it's like you know your worth and then you go have sex that's it that's the whole that's the whole point i'm trying to make this entire episode <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're going to close out, we're going to probably take another five minutes of this episode, um, and I'm going to close it out with, like, some boundary stuff and all that, but basically, allow yourself the pleasure before finding it with someone else, 
Um, I think when we are he- like heavy rel- heavily reliant on other people to figure out our pleasure, we can come up empty-handed or very unsatisfied because not everybody is going to know what you like if like you can't even figure that out yourself, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. That's also how you communicate. It's like when you I already said this, but when you can you can tell your partner like, "Oh yeah, I like it better in that spot or I like it better in this spot or like could we try this?" Um and when you already go, it's like studying. Like when you've studied yourself and like and then you like go into the test. <laughs> And then you ace it <laughs> and you get that, you get that big O. That's great. Um, which, disclaimer, sex isn't just about getting an orgasm. Um, you should never focus on the orgasm. You know, obviously close the orgasm gap and all that. Get your O and all, and all that good stuff. But sex, when you think about it and you set your intentions, it should never be about getting an orgasm climaxing it should always be about the journey and going through it and figuring out what you like um yeah it's just supposed to be a pleasurable moment it's not always you don't always have to have an end goal to it um yeah (laughs) uh boundaries we're just gonna cover a little bit a few more things um You know, saying no when you need to. It doesn't matter if it's awkward after. It's a very, very big deal to me because um, whenever I say no, it's it's powerful. And because there are a lot of times where I couldn't say no, I felt I couldn't say no. And there are a lot of times where people have taken that choice from me. And so when I actually, like, stand my ground, I'm like, bitch, fuck you. No. 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 (laughs) i just feel better (laughs) um and it doesn't really i know like a lot of us we have anxiety about these things and overthink and don't want to like you know change the mood or we don't want people to hate us but i think your sanity is worth more than somebody else's perception of you um and like protecting yourself because there are so many people that they look at me differently now and they see me as like, they're like, oh my god, you're a fucking asshole. And it's like, nope, I just set boundaries. I just took a step back and analyzed the situation and I called it out for what it was. And so, you know, that goes for anything, not just sex. But just like understanding that you actually have a say in these things and you don't have to lay idly by and and let someone make you feel lesser than you're not powerless um yeah we already know have sex with somebody who respects you uh if they can't even give you the decency to you know ask you how you are before hooking up then they're most likely somebody who you shouldn't be hooking up with um you know Safe sex is very important, but having safe emotional sex is equally as important, maybe even more. Um, if they can't even, like, have small talk with you, there are a lot of times where I'm hooking up with people and they're just like, okay, stick it in. <laughs> and that's just, that's just how it is. Um, just know when to walk away because you deserve more than that. You deserve somebody to actually speak, to use their words with you. Um, and what else? Uh, 
I'm just going down the list on my phone here, but consenting doesn't consenting once doesn't mean always that's also something to understand that goes for you and for the other person um if they're whether if you're like in a long term this is more for like long term um relationships but or like you know somebody that you're having casual sex with constantly if they're if they've given you like each time ask them if they're okay with it don't just assume that like oh yeah we're gonna hook up today because some people just they don't and just because you have some sort of tie to them doesn't mean that you are privileged. Like, it doesn't mean that you have access to them all the time in that way. So, yeah, just always asking people. It doesn't hurt to ask. Uh, we need to get past that point of, like, feeling judgment and shame about, you know, setting boundaries and communicating, basically. Uh, uh what else talking throughout sex you know i already said that have your conversations don't don't allow like allow yourself to just be in the moment don't feel like that you have to stay quiet or that you just like have to wait until it's over to say something feel free to tell your partner to keep doing this thing that you like or to change it or you know, you know, ask them how the hell, how do they like it? Do you need to change anything? Sex doesn't have to just like, it can be a very long process. Um, or like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't just have to be like, like a snap. It doesn't have to just be that and then you're done. You can go through it and enjoy it. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I keep saying, um, allow yourself to feel everything. We already know that. It's basically the whole, uh, point of this episode was just, like, allowing yourself to be emotional. If you need to be emotional, you know, cry, laugh, um, feel all the emotions. Sex can be incredibly, like, positions can, some positions can be super emotional and bring out, like, uh the worst in you not like not like the worst but it can bring out like very deep-rooted emotions and uh you should be able to feel those without any shame or judgment and if your partner is obviously if your partner is judging you or shaming you for crying mid-sex leave (laughs) um because there are no boundaries to sex aside from consent and 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 yeah you should be able to feel feel it all um and a lot that's like a very intimate space for you to just be free and to be on a whole nother level um mindfully emotionally spiritually all that good stuff i keep saying good stuff i need new verbiage (laughs) um and of course aftercare I will definitely speak more on that um, and dedicate a whole episode to kinks and, you know, you know, you know, all that, all that more um, sexy stuff. (laughs) And, but the whole, the whole, the basis of aftercare is just getting, and it's basically a really big temperature check. It's like, seeing where your partner's at, um, how they're feeling, what they need. It's like the calm down after the calmed. (laughs) I'm so sorry. 
um after like gauge whether or not that your partner can handle it um because it can be emotionally tiring as well as physically um so you know gauge whether they're up for a conversation and if they are ask them how it was be like how you know how was it what did you like not like um what can we try next time all these all these kinds of things just like the main thing is just talk talk about it um because you know if you didn't have a good experience the best thing that you can do is um bring attention to it and just like confront your feelings and because doing so is how you grow um sexually and how you connect better with your partners yeah it's also how you you can also do this in like um this is the last thing and then we gotta go but creating a safe space where you can talk about your experiences and community in like in your own community that isn't necessarily your partner um could be like friends or just people that you trust to like help you gauge certain situations and like you know how help you and give you advice those kinds of things just like a support system um people that you did i say that people that you trust to just speak to because i feel like a lot of us definitely have experiences where we internalize this and we don't know where to go and we just like figure we just try we just like we we jump and we just get into situations and um we haven't made the best decisions because nobody ever told us what kind of decisions to to make um you can also journal about it i journal about all my sexual experiences (laughs) i'm so sorry i don't know why i'm laughing about that um i just like think about how i have a sex journal and if somebody were to find it i'd be like oh my god you found my sex journal hey um but it's not something to be ashamed of okay uh i'm trying to figure out if i have anything else to say this is how every single like last two minutes of my episodes go is me just trying to figure out any last words um but yeah that was it I feel like that was definitely, even as I have, like, notes in front of me, that was still very all over the place. Um, but that is okay. We This is a, a growing and a learning process. And um, with these episodes, I've basically gotten to the point, basically about my craft in general, that I'm trying to fix this upcoming year is being unapologetic about what I'm doing. Um, and allowing my, allowing myself the space to make mistakes. So, you know, maybe in a year from now, I might not even agree with half the shit I said in this episode. Who knows? <laughs> but I think, yeah, just like creating a, I, uh, with these episodes, I'm just creating a space for myself to just like get it all out there and continue to grow and learn on my own as well as hopefully helping other people grow and learn on their own um but yeah i think that's all for this episode um thank you for tuning in to those have who have made it this far i'm so so appreciative of you (laughs) for listening to my rambly ass for almost an hour 
Um, I had a great time. I had a very, very great time. How was it? Did you like it? What should I do different next time? <laughs> That's how you communicate, people. <laughs> uh but i think that's all yeah we'll talk more in the next one i don't know what we're gonna talk about next but i know it's gonna be a good one um i hope anyone listening has is having a good good day night morning midday evening afternoon dusk dawn um and yeah, I hope you're living life despite life being being a fuckload of everything, every emotion ever at once. There's a lot of shit going on right now. I hope you all are staying safe and yeah, I love you. Bye bye.